This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com It's Thursday. It's the ninth day of November, 2023. And you are listening to Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio, the way it should be, always on air, always online. I am your host, Mike Parrott, broadcasting from the heart of America. And you can always email me at restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. I'm not cool like the king, dude. I don't use Proton Mail. You know why? Because I just cannot remember a very complex password. I'm a simple guy. I just got on Gmail, and I know that the Chinese are reading it, and I know that the NSA is reading it. In fact, they probably have a higher read rate for the emails you send me than I do. How sad is that? Well, you know, it's nice to have paid secretaries in the NSA and, you know, Chinese overseas secretaries. It's, it's like I'm offshoring my responsibilities to read those emails. So I can actually say with a straight face, all emails you send me will be read. They will. Last night was, this, was part of the uh, playoffs games for the political Super Bowl that is the presidential election. I will tell you, in years past, in, a, in cycles past, this has been uh, a huge night for me. I would always watch the debates. I would always just sort of obsess over them. And, um, gosh, it was a, it was a time in my life when I would really pay attention to what the politicians are saying, to what uh, Vivek Ravaswamy is saying. Um, And I got to tell you, I still feel pulled, now that there were only five on the stage, there were only five, I still feel very much like, hey, I really want to hear every last word that all of them had to say. But here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the truth is, is that nobody cares what Tim Scott has to say. He's, he has no chance. Uh, it's, it's game over for him. So Tim Scott is, is out. Um, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSanctimonious are both competing for a similar uh, part of the Republican Party. And to the extent that they clash with each other, um, that's fine. It's it's worth watching, it's interesting, it's it's whatever, but it's it's fine. Uh Chris Krispy Kreme Donuts, they put him on the edge of the stage, which I think was a was structural engineering perspective, not the smartest. You know, you want your strongest load-bearing wall to be, you know, you, you I'm just not sure that it, that he couldn't have caused some physical harm to everybody being out there on the edge. Um, however, however, um, he's 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 somewhat interesting to talk to because he actually um, just doesn't care. He just doesn't care what you think about him, and I kind of like that. Even though he's wrong, even though he's he's a, a narcissist, hates Trump. He's turned on Trump because Trump didn't make him a member of the of the 45th administration. He wasn't a camp cabinet member uh, like he had wanted to be. I'm looking at the Drudge poll right now. 40,000 people voted to see who won. 17,000 people right now, 43%, say Nikki Haley won. Followed by Ramaswamy. 
at 25%. 10,000 people said Rama Swami voted. Now, these are people who go to drudge.com. The people who go to drudge.com are neocons. They love AI, they love robots, they love perversion, they love Hollywood, because he's always pushing those types of articles alongside, uh, you know, Trump lost, Trump is getting fired, Trump is going to jail, um, alongside, you know, COVID is back, it's, it's, it's going to be a doom and gloom. This is, the, this is the state of the cuckservatives on Drudge. They love COVID. Uh, they love World War III. They love Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, they hate Trump. Uh, they also have secret uh, perverse um, attachments to like sex robots and, and, and whatnot that they, that they are always pushing on Drudge Report. And it could be that Matt Drudge, you know, he is actually a sodomite. Um, that, that probably has something to do with it. But heck, which, what, what elected Republican isn't a sodomite at, at this point? Um, or 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 a sodomite uh, supporting politician. So anyway, I've got some clips for you that I thought were some zingers. Um, the title of probably today's segment is going to be "Vicious, Victorious, Vivek," and I got to tell you, man, this this guy delivered some zingers. Okay, let me get to the one. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yep, here we go. This was my favorite. This was a page out of the Donald Trump playbook. But actually, you know what? It's not even the Donald Trump playbook. I've got to give credit where credit is due for those who pay attention and have watched all of these debates all these years. This really was, look, love him or hate him. And and I would say it's mostly love with a little bit of, you know, a, 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 a bitter aftertaste. Newt Gingrich. I loved him in 1994. I really did. In 1994, with the Republican Revolution, when he was able to steal the House of Representatives back from the grips of the Democrat Party for the first time in a, a heck of a long time, hold Bill Clinton accountable, impeach the guy, um, pass welfare reform, balance the budget, all of those things happened under Newt Gingrich. It, was, it really was kind of a, a miraculous... Uh, congressional feat, and he deserves a lot of credit for being the architect of that. Now, he's been riding those waves for the last 30 years, and that's okay. All right, that's fine. You keep, you, you do you, brother. Look, if that's, if, if, if you go out on that note, if that's all you ever achieve in your life, fine. That's, you know what? That's a pretty, that's a pretty accomplished life. I mean, I hope you go to heaven. I hope you convert to Catholicism, go to heaven, truly convert to Catholicism. Nevertheless, it was in the primary season in which Newt Gingrich was running. So this would have been, what, 2012? In the 2012 primary, gosh, I wish I had this audio. Newt Gingrich was asked about uh, infidelity, uh, his ex-wife, and he said, I'm not going to answer that question. This is what you in the media do. This is what you guys do. You love all this stuff. And then he said, you know, he turned to the audience. He said, everybody out here knows pain. Everyone has experienced pain in their lives. And, uh, you know, to bring it up in a presidential debate, we're supposed to be talking about our policies and how we're going to lead the nation. It's disgusting. Um, That was 
I think when Trump saw that, I think Trump said, that's a winning strategy. Attack the media in, in, in the debate, in their face, while they ask you the question. Tell them that they're fake news, that they're liars. Insult them on national television because that's what we've been wanting you to do. Because we know it. We've known that it's fake news for so long. Um, that was, I think, the, um, the moment in which Newt really surged in 2012. Ultimately, that race came down to Romney uh, versus uh, Santorum. And at the time, I was very much hoping that Santorum could win. Santorum, incidentally, uh, to his credit, I met him once or twice, been to his house, actually. And uh, he's he really is a stand-up guy. He's got a bunch of children. They're very Catholic. Um, he has a special needs child, and he needs to make a lot of money to keep his special needs child going. Uh, he really is who he says he is. He's, he's I mean, obviously, he's got a little bit of retail politician in him and whatever, but he does believe what he says. He's very much on our side on so many things. He wrote a book leading up to the 2012 uh, election in which he pretty much charted the, the course that Donald Trump took. It was a populist, conservative manifesto. And I, I can't tell you, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to put my hand on the Bible and tell you that Trump didn't just take the playbook from Santorum and run with it and run the ball down the field with a, with a, a little bit of newt sprinkled in, in in terms of attacking the media and calling people names. I, 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 and so here we have uh, Vivek Ramaswamy basically doing the same thing, but in a more refined, subtle way. Not pointing the finger at the media, not saying you're fake news, not appealing to, you know, the guy eating mayonnaise sandwiches in his trailer, but definitely appealing to those with a, let's say, uh, uh, with a post-high school education who are watching this thing, who lean conservative, who understand what, what the heck it is he's saying. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. Sorry. This is how we get our country back. 
accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. We're just going to move on from that. No, your, your time is up. We're not you know, We're not the ones on trial here. We call the balls and strikes. Look, I've got the Gingrich clip for you. This is exactly what he did. Uh, okay, he pulled a Gingrich. This was, yep, 11 years ago. Here we go. Her ex-wife gave an interview to ABC News and another interview at the Washington Post. And this By the way, this is freaking CNN hosting the Republican presidential debate. Exactly what Vivek is said is, is wrong. Uh, four men standing on the stage here. Romney, Santorum, Gingrich, and Dr. Ron Paul. Story has now gone viral on the Internet. In it, she says that you came to her in 1999 at a time when you were having an affair. She says you asked her, sir, to enter into an open marriage. Would you like to take some time to respond to that? No, but I will. I think, I think the destructive, vicious, negative nature of much of the news media makes it harder to govern this country, harder to attract decent people to run for public office, and I am appalled that you would begin a presidential debate on a topic like that. Is that all you want to say, sir? Let me finish. Please. Every person in here knows personal pain. Every person in here has had someone close to them go through painful things. To take an ex-wife and make it two days before the primary, a significant question in a presidential campaign, is as close to despicable as anything I can imagine. My, my two daughters- Roasting him, he's roasting my him. My two daughters wrote the head of ABC and made the point that it was wrong, that they should pull it. And I am frankly astounded that CNN would take trash like that and use it to open a presidential debate. That was the first time. That was the first time somebody said, no, I'm not answering As you know, Mr. Question. Speaker, this story did not come from our network. As you also know, it is the subject of conversation on the campaign. I'm not, John, I get your point. I take your point. John. John, it was repeated by your network. You chose to start the debate with it. Don't try to blame somebody else. You and your staff chose to start this what? debate with it. What? Now, what? Okay. let me be quite clear. Let me be quite clear. The story is false. Every personal friend I have who knew us in that period says the story was false. We offered several of them to ABC to prove it was false. They weren't interested because they would like to attack any Republican. They're attacking the governor. They're attacking me. I'm sure they'll presently get around to, to the Senator Santorum and Congressman Paul. I am tired of the elite media protecting Barack Obama by attacking Republicans. All right, so that was the moment. That was the moment that um, that really sustained the idea that Newt could uh, do well. Um, and if I remember right, I want to say he won South Carolina. Um, and there was a three-way thing there, I think. Wasn't it that Santorum had won Iowa, and then Romney won New Hampshire, and then Newt ran, uh, won uh, uh, South Carolina, and you had a three-way race going with Ron Paul in there just kind of <laughs> keeping things spicy. Um 
I don't. And then and then he he collapsed in Florida. He was supposed to win Florida. That would have been sustaining to him. And then uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't. Know. I used to pay attention to these things. I'm sure you did too. But that was the moment. That was the energy that you just got from Vivek Ramaswamy when he said, "You." I want to go back to exactly what he said to the media. You rigged the election. You rigged the election. Democratic debate. They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Answer the question. Go. And he puts his hands down and he kind of bulges his eyes out and he's like, hey, answer the question. The camera pans to her. It's so perfect. The camera pans to her and she just smiles. Like, I can do whatever I want. Mr. Sorry. I can this do whatever is I want. Country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to That's Governor, Governor Christie. See, they won't even take any responsibility. They, they learn their lesson. See, when, uh, when John, uh, what's his name from CNN, when he started arguing with Gingrich, that brought his, this I promise you ladies and gentlemen that moment has been studied uh in in the lores of presidential debate hosts okay I promise you the idea that the that the moderator should de- should uh debase the office or the role the function of the moderator down to the level of just bickering back and forth with uh with the politician if it's somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy or Newt Gingrich, or Donald Trump, who's going to fight back. And I would say Chris Christie, too, who's going to point the finger and say, no, John, you chose to run the question. You chose to start it out with it. Your your network chose to run the story. Don't blame somebody else. Don't don't try to don't, don't try to shirk your responsibility. You just asked the question. All right. So um, that was the that was the the beginning of the end for CNN ever hosting a Republican presidential debate. I I give credit where credit's due. It goes to Newt Gingrich contract with America, uh, 1994 Republican Revolution. Since then, he's been a little. He, he, I know he's been a little. Ugh. He's been a little. Ugh. I mean, he's a smart guy. I think he's got uh, how many PhDs? He writes all these history books. I'm sure they're very interesting. Um. Let's continue on the backside of this break. I've got some more Vivek, victorious, vicious uh, remarks. Uh, when we come back from the break, you're not going to believe whom he refers to as wearing three-inch heels on the stage. Quick hint, it's not just Nikki Haley. This is Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I just met you, heard you're a groomer, so here's your millstone, good luck loser, it's hard to look right when you're a pervert, so take your millstone, no kids will get hurt, gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean, down in the ocean, alongside that titan sub, gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean, throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel Live. Talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. 
This is your favorite show, which immediately follows The King Dude. I, it, it is. It is. Now, to be fair, there are no other shows which immediately follow The King Dude on this radio network. And so it, it's your only option, but it's also your favorite option. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. Send me an email if you think I am out in left or right field. Restoring the Faith Media at gmail.com. I am today here in the RTF studio, which is the heart of America. And um, we are talking about Vivek Ramaswamy. Last night had a blistering blitzkrieg campaign against Nikki Haley, against Ron DeSanctimonious, and the establishment, and the media, and big usury, and big education, and big military industrial complex. Literally called out uh, Nikki Haley for being on the Boeing board and being a war hawk. That's going to make you rich, Nikki. I can't believe he actually said it. I honestly, you know, um, Donald Trump should really just start repeating some of the lines that uh, that Vivek is delivering. Now, Tim Scott was on the stage there. We're not even sure why. Uh, this, should, this should be his last showing. Not sure how he even made it to the final five um, on this stage. NBC hosted the debate. Vivek uh, slams the Republican leadership for even, you know, going to NBC. Uh, here we are. We're going to talk about Zelensky for a second. You know, yesterday I was ta- telling you that uh, when we started sending billions, hundreds of billions to Zelensky, that's when our country started to fall apart and our interest payments doubled. Here's Vivek Ramaswamy on the whole thing. Swami, are you persuaded by President Zelensky's urgent new plea? Where do you stand on more funding? I'm absolutely unpersuaded. And I'm actually enjoying watching the Ukraine hawks quietly, delicately tiptoe back from their position as this thing has unwound into a disaster. The first half of this race, I was the only person standing for it. Now they're actually quietly coming around to being more cautious as they should. Level with the American people here. Ukraine is not a paragon of democracy. This is a country that has banned 11 opposition parties. It has consolidated all media into one state TV media arm. That's not democratic. It has threatened not to hold elections this year unless the U.S. forks over more money. That is not democratic. It has celebrated a Nazi in its ranks, the comedian in cargo pants, a man called Zelensky, doing it in their own ranks. A comedian called Zelensky, a man in cargo pants. (laughs) That is not democratic. More facts for you that you won't hear from the mainstream in either party or the mainstream media. The regions of Ukraine that are occupied by Russia right now in the Donbass, Luhansk, Donetsk, these are Russian-speaking regions that have not even been part of Ukraine since 2014, that other people probably couldn't name those provinces for you. Oh, knowledge dropping. Nobody on this stage could name those provinces. Haven't been part of Ukraine since 2014. They're Russian separatists. They speak Russian. They're ethnically Russian. They identify as Russian. They're culturally Russian. They want to be Russian. Those are the hard facts. And so to frame this as some kind of battle between good versus evil don't buy it. And I'd like the likes of the, the sharpest of the war hawks on Ukraine, Nikki Haley, to have some accountability and answer. Do you want to use U.S. taxpayer money 
to fund the banning of Christians. That is actually what's happening. They're using the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. They have banned them. The Ukrainian parliament just did this last week, supported by our dollars. And I think you owe it to the American people, Nikki, to at least this Mr. one time Ramaswamy, at least condemn, thank you. That's time. At least Mr. Ramaswamy, their banning you. of Christians. Mr. Ramaswamy, or else thank we're you. Out of both sides Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. We asked the questions. Ambassador Haley, well, she deserves to what is your take? We ask the questions. We are the moderators. We are in charge of this thing. You do not have the authority, Mr. Ramaswamy, to ask any questions of anybody standing next to you. You don't get to raise issues. You don't get to. Uh, you don't get to uh, decide anything of significance. Okay. Um, speaking of World War Three. I told you that somebody was going to be accused of wearing three-inch heels. Maybe it was Nikki Haley, or maybe it was somebody else. I, I, you have to listen to this. Between you and the candidates we just heard in this issue, on, on what you would tell the prime minister? Not in terms of what I would tell the prime minister, no. In fact, I would go one step further. The founding vision of Israel was based on the idea that they don't want to depend on anybody else's sympathy or direction in defending themselves. So what I would tell Bibi is that Israel has the right and the responsibility to defend itself. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border, and then I'll tell him as President of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. That's his responsibility, this is our responsibility, that's how we move forward. But I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past. Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that sent thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age, to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests, adding $7 trillion to our national debt. And Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the UN. Bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Nikki Haley became a multimillionaire after she left the United Nations. After she left the Trump cabinet, now suddenly she is, she really, she is a military contractor. She's working for Boeing. She's on the board of directors. She stands to profit from war. Vivek Ramaswamy, listen to me. This is a man on the stage looking at the other candidates and saying, you stand to profit from war. War will enrich you. You are pushing for war. You want to bomb Syria. You want to bomb Iran. You want to you you want to bomb Russia. You will profit from war. You have the incentive to go to war. That's dangerous. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you, Senator. Uh, Senator, between you. All right, um, there you go. That, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, a blistering blitzkrieg from Vivek Ramaswamy. You know, they don't really, uh, man, the, the moderators are really getting outflanked here by Vivek. Vivek is asking the real questions that I want answers to. <laughs> and they're like, no, we get to answer the questions here. We're the ones answering the questions. But consider this, seriously, ponder this. 
How many American lives have been destroyed? Destroyed by the industrial military complex. The military industrial complex. I mean, General Patton came home from World War II and he decried the military industrial complex. And this is a real, this is a, a legitimate, this is why he gets sidelined. There's no, there's no Fort Patton's. There's no, Patton, uh, they, oh, he slapped a guy who had, uh, who, who, who had shell shock, PTSD. It's the only thing you know about him. He was a genius and a scholar. And he knew how to command tanks and employ them in combat in, in ways that uh, rivaled the Blitzkrieg on the other side. He came home from World War II, and he had some very critical things to say about the military-industrial complex in general, and how war is used to beat back recessions. War is a tool of economic growth. War is a political tool to enrich politicians and members of the industrial military complex. And he even went so far as to say that we very likely fought on the wrong side of World War II. Patton. I don't know if you know that he said that. He fought the Germans. And then he came home and he said, we probably should have been aligned with the Germans. Because they were fighting a war against the military-industrial complex, against uh, uh, various uh, uh, encroachments into Germany. Did they do everything right? No, they didn't. Did we do everything right? Interesting questions. This is why, the, this is why you don't hear too much about uh, General Patton post-World War II. His, his opinions on these things are not so, uh, not so well known. Okay, so so far we've heard, uh, we've heard Vivek say that Zelensky is a bad guy. He's not a democratic uh, paragon of, of uh, leadership and freedom. He's oppressing Christians. He's a clown wearing cargo pants. We've heard Vivek say that uh, th that this debate is a joke. It should be held, it should be moderated by, uh, you know, the, uh, Joe Rogan or Elon Musk. It should have ten times the viewership. You've heard him say that Dick Cheney in three inch heels. There are two of them standing on stage, and he kind of looks over at Ron. Ron DeSanctimonious. I told you, Ron, I get like five foot four vibes from Ron. <laughs> He's probably wearing three inch heels. Um, it was a dig. It was a dig for sure. Nikki Haley, um, I think amongst the sort of establishment crowd, she is going to emerge as the winner of this debate. I am now sort of becoming the, um, I'm becoming the I, I don't know the like the Ron Paul remember the Ron Paul supporters they were diehard in twelve and I and I want to even say in eight in both eight and twelve the Ron Paul supporters were just diehard and you couldn't get rid of them 
you know what? I regret that I look back on on how I used to treat them because they were they were so right about so many things. They really were. Now, libertarianism is a is a philosophical dead end. It's not the right way to go. The mainstream libertarian uh, will just tell you that, oh yeah, we're libertarian because we want the government out of our bedroom and out of our weed. The mainstream libertarian will immediately rush to defending things like abortion, faggotry, and and marijuana. But that wasn't the, the version of uh, libertarianism that Ron Paul was supporting, which is why he never really took the mantle of the party. Ron Paul supported small government, non-interventionism around the world, homeschooling, localism, um, and and he he actually had and and getting off the usury train, gold standard, real money, lower taxes. Uh, he 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 was the real deal, and I regret the fact that I just did not take him seriously because at that time in my life, I believe that either you were with us or you were against us. You were against the jihadis who wanted to kill us. Or you were for the jihadis that wanted to kill us. I fell into the false dichotomy, the Hegelian dialectic, in those days. In 2005, 2006, 2007. In that time frame of my life, I was becoming a Marine officer. I had become one in 07. Immediately gone off uh, and deployed overseas. And I really did believe that, hey, if you guys don't support this, if you don't want to win this stuff, you know what I mean? Like... Then, then what are you doing? You're not even a Republican, Ron Paul. Like I don't, I don't even know what you are. I don't know how how to call you. And it's true, he didn't fit in anywhere. He ran as a Republican, but all right. So um, we, I think, I anyway. I don't know about any of you, but. I'm afraid that Vivek is going to get pushed to the outer edges of reality. That uh, he won't be allowed to have a mainstream voice. And that he and what he says and his supporters and and uh, all of the logic that he is spitting here is, is just going to be relegated to the Ron Paul 2.0 faction of people. Of which, evidently, I, I am now a member uh, late to the party, but fine, I'm here. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it seems like no one's going to allow Vivek um, to succeed. I can't believe, I go back to this drudge poll, I can't believe that 40-something percent of the people thought that Nikki Haley won. Interestingly, like nobody thought Ron DeSanctimonious won, <laughs> or Tim Scott. So, I'm, I'm, I mean... Um, the fact that Vivek may come in third or fourth in Iowa is interesting. I mean, it's it's not going to help him, but it's, it, it'll be interesting. One more Vivek clip. And this is him attacking Nikki Haley for her daughter being on TikTok. I mean, this, I'm telling you, this guy was savage. He came for, he had Nikki Haley's number all night long. Uh, we've talked about this. You campaign on TikTok. How do you get TikTok banned if you use it? 
Well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. Adult daughter. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer is actually to say that we're just going to ban one app. We got to go further. We have to ban any U.S. company actually transferring U.S. data to the Chinese. Here's a story most people don't know. Airbnb hands over U.S. user data to the CCP. Now, that's a U.S.-owned company. So this is the problem when you have Republicans that temporarily go the way the winds blow, and now it's popular to talk tough on China when she was U.N. ambassador, called them literally her words, not mine, our great friend. You can't be fair-weather fans of the right policy. Get to the root cause. Even U.S. companies in Silicon Valley are regularly doing it. Cut the virtue signaling. The fact of the matter is Democrats are on TikTok today. The only person, one of the few people who is putting up content the way the actual algorithms work, speaking for pro-Israel views or others, Ambassador is me. Haley, um, more Republicans will join it. But uh, stop U.S. companies from turning over data to Chinese companies. That's the real answer. Like, uh, the Christian signal. don't get to respond to personal attacks. But- <laughs> the moderators are in charge. I remind you, Mr. Ramaswamy, the moderators get to ask the questions here. You stop taking the personal attacks on Nikki Haley, all right? She's supposed to win. She's supposed to win this debate, and we're going to make sure that she wins. So would you just please stop attacking her, Nikki Haley? M- M- Madam Ambassador, please. Uh, please. Well, you, you, you can you can have uh, five minutes to respond. Um <laughs> The issue of our proxy wars with the Chinese, uh, be it in, in, in whatever sphere there is, our economic wars, trade wars, um, our naval, uh, uh, our, race, our race in Africa for influence versus the Chinese, the space race, the, the satellites, um, energy, infrastructure, but especially trade secrets and data, data security, especially your personal data, personally identifiable data, sensitive data, your financial records, your health records, your personal records, your identity, your habits, your preferences, your likes, your aspirations and wants and dreams and hopes. Those are getting sold or stolen, and they're ending up in the hands of the Chinese. And I'm just not convinced that many of the old school politicians on the stage, even though they're not that old, they're still old school style politicians like Nikki Haley, not like Ron DeSantis. I'm not convinced that they actually understand the issue very well that they can intelligently discuss um, how your data moves from a U.S.-based company to into the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. And Vivek Ramaswamy is somebody who does understand that and would do something about it. Now, Tim Scott is just looking at him with a blank stare while he's saying this. Tim Scott is like, I'm just happy to be here, guys. <laughs> Literally, that's I think that's his his slogan. 
I think that's his tag line for the debate. My name is Tim Scott, and I'm happy to be here. All right, one more Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, this one on fentanyl, which I think, which I think is extremely important that you hear. Special forces in Mexico shoot them stone cold dead at the border. One thing I just want to say in how we're talking about this issue is, you know, like Ron, I've actually met many parents across this country who have lost their kids to laced pharmaceuticals that have fentanyl in them. The only thing I would ask, Ron, I think you'd be on the same page with me on this. Let's not even call that an overdose. Right. That is not an overdose. That is poisoning. If you put that fentanyl in a Big Mac, we would not call that an overdose. You'd call it what it is. It's closer to bioterrorism. And I say that because as it uniquely relates to this crisis, that does warrant more aggressive means to deal with it. So there's a new presidential election in Mexico in 2024. People may not be aware of that. It's going to be someone other than Obrador, who has been a disaster in Mexico. I think he's even mentioned me obliquely in speeches to say that somebody who would do this shouldn't get anywhere near the White House. Well, AMLO, get out of the way. There's going to be someone else in charge. I hope to build a good relationship with that next president of Mexico. We'll use our own military to seal our own southern border. What we need to do is stop using our military to protect somebody else's border halfway around the world when we're short right here at home. Get serious about protecting this border. And then the other thing that hasn't been discussed is the northern border. I'm the only candidate on the stage, as far as I'm aware, who has actually visited the northern border. There was enough fentanyl that was captured just on the northern border last year to kill three million Americans. So we got to just skate to where the puck is going, not just where the puck is. Don't just build the wall, build both walls. Can't just complete the wall, use the military to seal the Swiss cheese for the tunnels that they're actually building underneath that wall. Thank you, That's Mr. Ramos. practical and actually get this job done. Thank you. Kristen. The most important thing that he said there is that this fentanyl garbage is not, it's not an overdose. It's a, it's, it's a poisoning. We're being poisoned. There are human beings in our country who are, he called it a bioterrorism, it's a chemical weapon. It's a chemical weapon being employed against our countrymen. One lethal dose of this thing, so easy to have, oh, so, so easy to take. Fentanyl is being laced in other drugs on purpose. This is chemical warfare being unleashed upon the, uh, well, I guess the deplorables. Can we call them the deplorables? Would Hillary mind if I borrowed that terminology, these baskets of deplorables? Well, the people who are taking hard drugs, they're getting them from the border, and they're moving them up, and uh, they're just dying. Not by the hundreds, not by the thousands, by the tens of thousands. Significant numbers. Much, much more significant numbers than uh, Hamas was able to pick off on October 7th. Okay? And what are we doing about it? Are we declaring a state of emergency? Are we declaring war on the chemical weapons? Are we appealing to the Geneva Convention? We're doing nothing about it. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're leaving the border open and we're allowing our countrymen to be killed via poison. If you found fentanyl, as he said, in a Big Mac, you would call it a poisoning. It's a malicious death, okay? It's manslaughter. It's murder. It's deliberate. That's what's happening. And until somebody stands up and says what it is and then does something about it, um, we're going to be in a mess. 
We're just going to be in a mess. Well, the uh, Republican Olympics continue, ladies and gentlemen. And I think it's uh, it's crystallizing where I'm going to stand on this final phase of it. But we'll see. It'll be interesting. I appreciate you listening to the show. Hope you got some insight out of it. Be sure to go to crusadechannel.com slash parrot. And tomorrow, I will see you on Friday for Ice Wall to Ice Wall Around the World Friday. God bless you. Thank you for listening. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com.